Well, hello again, it's Gary. You're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Podcast brought to you by the Anchor app. Today, the topic I wanted to talk about is the war on drugs. Still an ongoing thing. Coronavirus has obviously focused our attention. One of the reasons that we're in kind of a quandary, well, A, obviously the Trump lack of leadership and no real central direction, but also sort of cutting funding of CDC. One of the things whenever there's a program being cut is to think about the things that still are having massive amounts of money being spent on and uh, the costs associated with and um, no offsetting revenue achieved from doing said thing and so just to take my own mind off of but still kind of stay uh, in tune a little gonna focus today more on the war on drugs because it's a uh, one that's been going for a long time it's still going to be going once coronavirus is over and in accordance with the theme i'll be kind of smoking sleeps throughout the war on drugs. Basically, you, you, the, the easiest way to think about you know, the, the sort of flaws in the war on drugs is uh, you, you take a plant that exists in nature and just it, it is part of our world, uh, or a fungi. Uh, you know, it's it's just something that is here on the planet. It grows. Uh, it exists. Uh, people that can learn how to cultivate it can grow those things. And um, growing plants is relatively inexpensive. You know, you're talking, uh, you know, water and sunshine, and maybe you add some nutrients and stuff like that. But we're talking very relatively low costs associated with growing plants. Now, if you're taking that plant and processing it in some way, then obviously there's some additional costs there. You know, like you, you know, if you're, if you're compressing it and adding things to it, and then turning it into kind of a different form, um, you know, that's a bit of a process. So there's going to be some added costs there. But uh, the costs associated with growing a plant are, are very, very low. Now, uh, you, you you take a a plant or a fungi or whatever, you know, mushrooms. Uh, and you make them illegal, certain kinds of plants. You just say, we're, we're going to ban these. And what if those plants are plants that have been used by humans for thousands of years prior to any sort of law ever being created, you know, banning the use of them? Um, well, the demand for those plants is still going to exist. But now, uh, because they're illegal, uh, people who have the ability to grow them and are willing to take on the risk of growing it, uh, possibly getting caught, uh, can charge a highly inflated price uh, for that particular plant now. And it'll now be sold on the black market. So instead of having tax revenue, you know, from sales revenue and such like that, instead, all that money is going to go to drug cartels. Now, drug cartels are very uh, vicious, sociopathic, uh, violent people in many cases, uh, especially the ones that control certain particular types of plants and the uh, you know processed version of that particular type of plant. Um, you know, the drug cartels that kind of control the supply of cocaine are extremely ruthless people. Um, it's more that they could sell it at a much higher rate, you know, pound for pound, than cannabis. And especially now, because there's more states where cannabis is legalized, so the black market price has been forced to drop, and eventually there will be very minimal black market as, um, you know, the legal market gets 
kind of settled proper and the regulation kind of gets to a more appropriate level and taxation and such like that so that you know a plant that costs pennies on the gram to produce it's just water and sunshine and some nutrients and stuff a little bit of labor here and there to kind of take care of it it's a that's not, not really a real intense process necessarily you know real minimal costs cost cost you know with with growing plants so um, you know eventually the price will drop dramatically right now the, the prices are tied still even to this day a little too closely to what the black market prices were and again the black market prices were highly highly inflated due to the fact that it was illegal you know the people growing it were taking on a great deal of risk far greater risk than like a hedge fund manager or something even if the hedge fund manager is managing you know billions of dollars you know he's not really in you know most cases even if he actually is breaking the law they, they they usually don't really have a risk of going to jail for an extended period of time so that that's real deal risk so if you're just a person growing plants and are real good at it uh, there was a while in this country where you, you can make a lot a lot of money you know um, but you would be committing a crime by growing those plants and that's the, the important thing to remember with the cannabis especially is that it is a plant that's that's what it is you know and a lot of people get confused with that for whatever reason and their confusion is confusing you know because oh, it I, I have some cannabis seeds on my desk right now you know if, if I put them in the ground and, and get in and water them in uh, the, those start growing because it because it's a plant you know yeah um, THC is a substance that can be found in cannabis at varying levels as well as CBD and a wide variety of other cannabinoids you know, so yeah the substances in uh, the plant uh, are, are those specific substances the plant itself though is not a drug but the plant is a is a plant it's, that's that's just what it is um, yes it has various effects how it's going to affect you specifically is going to vary from person to person depending on the type of strain and there's a lot of you know research and knowledge and such on that so if you're interested in it you know you and you're, you're kind of apprehensive that's okay you know there's people who can kind of walk you through it and let you know what might be the appropriate dosage the appropriate type or whatever it is that you're whatever reason it is that you're kind of thinking about it you know whether it's anxiety epilepsy or um, some other sort of ailment you know some sort of condition that you've been taking pharmaceutical drugs for but now you're like hmm I've been hearing about this cannabis thing yeah there, there's in Washington State there's you know um, cannabis dispensaries and you know a bud tender is the person there and they know all about cannabis you know they know they know about there's, there's edibles and topicals and creams and all kinds of different stuff and yeah varying levels of THC and CBD and indica sativas yeah, hybrids and yeah it, it's a wide selection of all different types cannabis is not just weed it doesn't just get you stoned or whatever um, but, government has to do a little bit better at explaining itself you know uh, there's there's people in prison right now uh, for, for you know growing or possessing or selling this thing that I bought at the store the other day you know like why <laughs> it doesn't make any sense you know it, it's it's not practical it's it's not freedom uh, and it's a cost you know it, it's it's like denying an obvious and ongoing source of revenue and instead accruing massive expense you know building prisons to house all the people that get caught for drug crimes is very expensive you know to the point where the United States of America started giving, giving money to companies for-profit companies that build 
presence, and that, that was going on for a while. Prison building was, you know, a big business. <coughs> and that is very scary, you know, when, when uh, a great, uh, that, that's a moral hazard situation. When a company has a sort of financial incentive for there to be a greater number of criminals. One of the ways to do that is to just to sort of expand the idea of what is criminality. So, you know, way, way, way back when, back in the 1930s, there was this real group of kind of old racist white guys, you know, kind of what got the war on drugs going. And then uh, Ronald Reagan kind of ramped it up a bit more. Now, some more like drugs, hard drugs, you know, the processed version of the cocaine plant, uh, cocaine, um, and then the processed version of cocaine, crack cocaine, uh, are extremely addictive. Uh, you know, the processed version of the uh, poppy plant, or, you know, uh, you know, opium and all that, and the processed version of opium, heroin, extremely addictive, and uh, there are, uh, you know, obviously a lot of very real and serious risks with ever using those substances, including, including in some cases almost an instant addiction, and you know, possible death even the first time with some of those harder things, you know, uh, especially if you have any sort of heart conditions or anything. So. <clears throat> um, you know, yeah. Should they be outright illegal to where using them and then however you ended up getting it, now you're addicted to it. So now you're committing a crime because you're addicted to a drug. Um, that doesn't really seem logical, you know. Um, these things you should never use. If you do use them, you may come addicted. So if you come addicted and you decide that you want to try to get off, here's the place to go, and then you have that place. I think that would be more practical. Um, you have things. You, you, it's all government funded, so it's not for profit. You don't have like profit entities trying to encourage heroin addiction. Like you, like heroin would have to be something where it's like just. You know, I don't know if, if it was ever like decriminalized. It would have to be like if you're the heroin person, like you just have to. I don't know, like a one. Well, I don't know. Heroin's tough one, yeah, because that one's like extremely addictive, extremely lethal, and you know, it's, you know. but. I don't really think criminalizing it is the is the solution. That doesn't really solve the problem. It doesn't make it go away. You're just sending a bunch of drug addicts to jail. So you know, they're they're still drug addicts. Then what? You know, the problem doesn't go away. But one of the things with the war on drugs is this drug cartel situation. You know. Drug cartels have power because drugs are illegal. Because certain plants are illegal. They now have power. And, you know, you, you, you make something that's very easy and cheap to do and produce. Extremely cheap, relatively. And then you make it illegal. And it's something that's in high demand. Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah, you're talking, you know, crazy inflated prices. You know, like... I mean, something that you can just, you know, a few thousand dollar investment or whatever to get a little smidge of land, grow, start growing the plants, and then like a little shack type thing to hire a few workers to pay in product, finished product, and, you know, a few bucks an hour to kind of help process it. Small little crew. few grand investment, you could sell that for, you know possibly billions, you know, a 
That's a, an, an extreme moral hazard situation. Uh, the war on drugs creates incentive for, for people to kind of lean towards criminality anyway to really go all in, you know, to become sort of, it, it creates an incentive because there's a, there becomes a vacuum in the market, you know. Someone has to fill the void. There is a supply that exists on planet Earth of these particular substances. There is no substitute for them, you know. Adderall is fairly close to cocaine, and we give that to children. So, Adderall that is, but it's the chemical compound of it is not that much different. Which is why, you know, for, for similar reasons that we give children Adderalls, another reason why a lot of people end up being drawn to cocaine or, you know, some version of it, you know, the, the original plant, cocao plant or whatever, because it, it, you know, rewires a little bit, it allows people to think of things in a different way, different perspective. There's a reason people do these substances. There's a reason humans have been using these substances for thousands of years. These substances weren't in, invented in the 1980s or whatever, you know, like it wasn't just because of the movie Scarface or something that people started using cocaine or like it's been around a long, long, long time, like in the thousands, plural, you know, so it exists. It's here on this planet, stories about it and, uh, the effects it has have been kind of relayed through the ages, through the generations, you know. Hey, there's this thing that's here on the planet. And then there's other people that are like, well, hey, if you do it, though, you know, watch out. Which is fine, but it's here. It, it exists. So, you know, pretending like it doesn't or pretending like the group that thinks it's bad has the absolute authority on it, it it's just... Um, it's just, it's been extremely unproductive, you know, it's creating more tension and chaos and destruction for no good reason. It's, it's one of the many reasons why there's so much, you know, social inequality in this country, because one of the main reasons many of the people in minorities and poor groups get sent off to jail is for these drug crimes. In some cases, just simple possession. Uh, Washington State virtually eliminates that legalization of cannabis and starts creating massive amounts of tax revenue and a whole new industry you know with all kinds of sort of ancillary things that start building off of it you're with a whole new industry there's all kinds of other little things that can start and then as it starts you know fine-tuning over the years then the regulation can kind of adapt to an ever-changing market and kind of roll with it a little bit um, like ideally the way that Oregon uh, does their dispensaries would be much more of a preferred way to buy cannabis uh, more like like if, you know you go to the deli at the grocery store you want you know you know an ounce of the that kind of cheese and you know an ounce of the uh, that one kind of turkey and a half ounce of this and that and whatever and they Back, you know, they slice up each thing at there. And in Oregon, that's how it is with dispensaries. You know, the, it's just a price per gram, and all the different types of cannabis are just kind of there. You know, the little company's logo is kind of sitting there in the in the bottom, or whatever. <coughs> and you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take you know a half ounce of that. Uh, you know, Dutch treat or whatever. I'll take a quarter ounce of that uh, Charlotte's Web there from the whatever company and then oh maybe a couple of these pre-rolls too but it's what whatever amount you want to get you, you just get it there it's not all it's not pre-packaged in Washington State everything had to be pre-packaged because uh, it's the uh, Washington State Liquor Control Board now liquor and cannabis control board that uh, kind of regulates cannabis uh, so it's liquor the people that regulate liquor that uh, also regulate cannabis, which is very, just, it's very kind of a, a bureaucratic governmental way of kind of 
regulating something. The two things that aren't really the same at all, but they've been kind of globbed together for way too long now. They're they're not really the same thing. They're they're two they're, they're two different categories. I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know, Kingdom was it Kingdom Phylum family genus species or whatever the like the various categories of way of classifying living things on this planet you know um it's shit where was i fuck i dang it doo -doo -doo. lost my flow and that that'll happen sometimes and uh Oh, dang it. I just was trying to see that they were like similar, but now I forgot which. Uh... Shit. Okay, so. I got to retrace my steps a little bit. I had a good flow going. I'm going to train a thought. One drags makes the brain kind of spiral in a lot of different directions because it uh, connects to so many different things and just how our society is constructed. So it can kind of, mind can kind of spiral off a little sometimes. Uh, and uh, I also have uh, epilepsy too. So uh, that. Uh, can, you know, seizures are a wide variety of different things, including, um, you know, little, little space outs, little surges of energy. Um, easiest way is to think of it as a surge of energy. And so uh, that is one of the main reasons why I, I smoke cannabis. Helps me kind of uh, flow my thoughts a little easier um, and such makes my body work better. I don't take ibuprofen or Aleve or anything like that anymore. I uh, used to back in the day. But, um, yeah. Oh, right. So, liquor and cannabis, controlled by the same entity in Washington State, but they couldn't be more different. Uh, they, they are both substances that have effect on the human body. That's about the that, you know, the sort of broad category that they're in, kingdom, you know, substances, but that, that's, that's really, really broad, you know, that, that includes everything from, you know, whatever, all, all the various drugs that are advertised on TV, but also like caffeine and nicotine and what have you, you know, anything really, any sort of substance of some kind that has some kind of effect on the body that that's about the, the similarity of cannabis and alcohol but uh, you know cannabis in its purest form is just a plant or liquor is you know, liquor there's various plant products that have been in it but you know it's a process and you're brewing beer you know you're brewing it it's you know it's so it's you're not just growing a plant and then harvesting and that's it. It's not, it's not just chopped up hops that you're, you know, smoking or something or just serving it. That, you know, so the whole finished product are two totally different things. You know, cannabis, it would be more fitting if it was regulated by the agricultural uh, department, you know, because it's a plant. It just grows in the ground It's and it's just the plant. It's not one part of the component you know beer has hops in it but but it's like cannabis just is just the hops you know and then you have the certain processed versions of the cannabis which is like oils and shatter and <coughs> fucking uh moon rocks <laughs> worked at a grill for a little while and we were kind of trying to come up with new innovative ways to sell our shit because one point, it had a legal license to grow, uh, and, uh, you know, because it just was very competitive, you know, as I was expecting it to be, that's why I wasn't, like, too shocked when it 
didn't really work out at ours, but because you know it's not just hey we got green and people just buy it because that's what's there. There's you know there's competition, so you gotta you gotta produce good high quality stuff and not sell it at too expensive a price, and you know it's gotta be good. But uh, we were selling uh, the moon rocks for a little bit to try to get some extra appeal, which is uh, just cannabis flour uh, dipped in oil, uh, cannabis oil, which is like a stronger concentrated version. They use a very, very high THC in that. And then um, uh, cannabis, uh, like, what was it? The ground up, basically just the almost just pure THC dust, basically almost kind of not angel dust. That's a different thing. Don't it, not not simple, but it's like uh just concentrated kind of uh, almost like a grainy something that's a little different than shake kind of shake, but kind of very concentrated. Anyway, and then kind of sprinkled over the oil there, so it's an extremely potent um, flour. You know, the percentages were pretty high up there. I forget what, but I think like 40% or 50% or something. THC. So, um, you know, there is that kind of thing with the cannabis industry, but it's the same. It's with anything, you know, that you use with caution. Don't operate heavy machinery if you're going to be, you know, using too much or whatever. It's not really the same as booze, though. It's just that it has certain medicinal effects, and they're, and, and they're there. It's it just a government official, the idea that they can just sort of decide that something that does have medicinal benefits to real live human beings across the planet just doesn't. Even without any level of medical expertise themselves, they can just sort of declare it. And it, it is so. It's very weird, you know. What what right does a government official have to say that this plant that you're growing and using isn't or is is no good for you? Who <laughs> mind your own business there, government man, you know? Like you gonna tell me what kind of vegetables I can grow in my garden too? You know? Fuck off. <laughs> don't tread on me, you know. I I ain't bugging you. So just you you go do you, you know. Save us from the terrorists or whatever, you know. <laughs> like you know, neo Nazis and KKK and shit like that. I'm not really as worried about the fucking you know people over in Afghanistan quite as much. I I, I don't really know what what it is, you know. They're kind of a little bit more mysterious, but like KKK and Nazi, they're they're like right here in the U.S. They're they're called domestic terrorists. So, yeah, if you want to focus your attention on that kind of thing, kind of domestic threats, you know, threats right here within the United States, that'd be cool. But uh, you know, harassing and throwing people in jail because they're growing or possessing or selling a particular type of plant that like you know makes people feel better. That's just, you know, it's unproductive. It seems like a real big waste of time that, uh, you know, our tax dollars to go to pay for that, you know. You know, I think that's an important thing for Americans to keep in mind with the war on drugs. It's it's expensive. It costs money to pay all those kind of drug, you know, DEA agents and all that drug enforcement agency. You know, that come in because, you know, someone's been reportedly selling drugs here. So we're here to check it out, you know. You know pay, paying those guys and training them. And paying them to travel around and arrest people. You know, that, co that costs money. Most people get arrested, they get sent to jail. That costs money. You know, start running out of jails to hold all those crim criminals, quote-unquote. Because they were, you know, they, they had some weed on them. Or whatever, yeah, that, that costs money too. You know, so yeah, it's kind of a downward spiral type thing. It it doesn't really achieve, achieves basically nothing. 
there's not really there's not really a positive to it. Um, government's just sort of declaring what is good and bad for you, and then whether it is or good or bad for you, it becomes bad because they've decided that it's bad. You know, so you may be living a, a very good, happy, productive life. Cannabis has been a part of your life for many years or whatever, but you, you just kind of cross paths with the wrong sort of law enforcement officer on a particular time, and then poof, your your life is kind of you now going in a different direction because you you are a person that benefits from cannabis in some way, or for that matter, heaven forbid, cocaine. You know, maybe it's just that you're using some at your house or something, and but someone it was like, oh, you 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 got that, and you know some. You know, cops come or something but you know I, I don't know because some of these things because the, the government will say that like these things are bad for you but the, re the reality is they, they only become bad because they be, they're illegal they, they become more bad because they're illegal so that, that I guess that's the sort of thing where we're going to try to discourage you from doing it but there is no substitute for cannabis but there isn't. There isn't even a remote substitute for cannabis. And I don't know how that hasn't. It has to be made more clear that the you know the drugs that the big massive pharmaceutical companies are selling on TV. Um, yeah, that's that's all well and good and. All for lowering drug prices and all, and all that kind of thing, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really think that uh, people should have, have to be legally obligated to, to choose, you know, the pharmaceutical drug option. If that's the direction you want to go, okay, but, uh, yeah, not, not really for me so much, you know. Um, I mean, I get some things are just like more like whatever, like heart palpitations or something or whatever, and I, I, I don't know yet. I mean, again, people want to go that route, that's the route you want to go for. But I think um, if other people like would prefer to not go that route, and for maybe certain ailments and such, cannabis might be a better fit medically for them personally, you know. Um, I, I I just don't really think the government needs to be involved in that. That's that's one of the things. <coughs> if if you're like a staunch anti-cannabis person, that that's fine. You know, you're allowed to feel that way. But the reality of the medicinal benefits are the reality of the medicinal benefits. Obviously, if you're an anti-cannabis person, that's going to be impossible to understand because you've never used cannabis and you're not ever going to in, in your mind or whatever. So the idea that anyone, let alone, you know, millions of people, you know, around the world could get any benefit from it just seems, you know, just, just crazy. No way. But, uh, but it is. It, it's, it is a reality. You know, there are benefits to it. Um, and, you know, the people that are expressing that are, are real and they're expressing their very real rightful attitudes that they should be able to have, you know. People are just living the way they want to live. You know, if you want to have your gun and go out and shoot guns in the woods, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not big on guns. I don't really like them, want them, but hey, you know. That Second Amendment, so you go do your thing. I don't give a fuck. Now, if you come into my town on a big parade and or something, and kind of waving your guns around, kind of flashing them at people and stuff, and then kind of an extra little kicker, you got your like Trump flags on there, kind of clearly stating what you are, you know, kind of sort of fascist fighters. You know, we are the, the the Trump army type thing. Um, 
yeah, that that's going to create some hostilities, you know, because that's kind of a different type of thing than just exercising your Second Amendment rights. That's sort of threatening, you know, and, ex and, and yes, with the, the Trump stuff, because, you know, tr Trump represents fascism. So, yeah, you, you come in with a big caravan of people armed with weaponry and you got the Trump stuff on. Yeah, yeah, you're making a very clear statement about what it is that you stand for. Uh, and it's certainly life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Sorry, no, no, that's that's not what that's not what you're doing. Um, you may be thinking that in your head as you're in that kind of you know Trump parade thing, shooting at people, whether it's paintballs or whatever. <laughs> and in the real case, that happened recently in Portland. You know, um, people started off shooting just paintballs, but then it kind of escalated. Um, whatever those people have in their mind that, that they think they're doing um, yeah they're, they're intimidating and um, kind of uh, using sort of violence and the intim and, and the sort of threat of violence to sort of uh, try to subjugate uh, you know you know to sort of create more fear and tension and uh, could some of those people probably uh, benefit from, you know, smoking a little weed and chilling out? Probably. Maybe. Never know. I don't know. It's hard to tell how people get that uh, militant and aggressively violent towards strangers uh, under the direction of one of the most famous conmans in the history of our country. Amazing world. But, you know, the war on drugs, though, has created a lot of uh, inequalities and uh, a lot of deficiencies, a lot of social divisions and such. It's one of the many ways uh, wealthy and powerful have divided the working class into various factions. Create this war on drugs. And then show on TV and stuff all these different, you know, criminal people getting arrested. And then you really focus on certain particular types of people when you show them on the TV. So that the other types of people in the country who don't look like that will start fearing those people that kind of look like that. Look like the people on the TV getting arrested all the time. And so it becomes a sort of... Yeah, just another way to kind of scare the populace and stuff, and I don't know, press. So hopefully that's another thing that can be changed. Obviously that's like, you know, way down the list now. We're took such a step backward a few years ago with this uh, fucking Trump situation that we're Jesus, I can't believe we're, I can't believe he's actually going to finish his fucking term <laughs> wow so crazy very hard to process. Well, that's why I wanted to focus on war on drugs today, just to try to delve into something that's kind of similar related, but kind of not completely day-to-day -day grind of the Trump, just nonsense, and just kind of, what is apathy and indifference and incompetence and blatant racism and sexism look like when it's demonstrated by a world leader? Uh, Google Donald Trump videos. Or Donald Trump, you know, speeches as president, and it's you know, it's just like jarring, you know. It's just you got the point now, where you know, it, it. I just put them on mute if I'm watching news clips and stuff. But you know, uh, they start talking about him, and they actually show the specific video of him talking. I'll just, I'll just, you know, turn the volume down for a bit. It's, you know, it's not. It's not, uh, I don't know, it, there's nothing enriching about it, so it's just, you know, it, it, 
It's just a senile old man, kind of an arrogant old man now. Um, he used to be this kind of playboy, dipshit, arrogant, buffoon, wealthy guy that just inherited a bunch of money. And now he's just kind of old and, you know, but he's the president, you know. Yeah, so there probably won't be much uh, forward momentum on very many progressive issues, but it's important to kind of keep them on the itinerary because uh, if and hopefully when uh, the, uh, Joe Biden wins in November, you can kind of hit the ground running once he gets sworn in. Uh, there's going to be some chaos in a few months there if Trump does indeed lose, even if it's a landslide loss. He's going to get uh, weird. You know, because, uh, well, because he, uh, Mr. Trump has to kind of face the music. He, he's facing possible criminal charges, he, him and his company, uh, for, you know, insurance fraud and tax fraud and, um, violations of the Hatch Act, campaign finance violations, and all, all kinds of shit. Uh, that, I mean, he's, he's, he's in a world of shit. Uh, they're not really talking about him much right now because he, he's still the president, so they, they can't really charge him with, with any crimes yet. He has to be no longer the president. Uh, and those are criminal charges. Not, yeah. Not, not like just stuff that was bad and unethical and clearly worthy of removing from office. Not just that bad, but like possibly criminal. And, yeah. <clears throat> when the defense of all those things is simply uh, either the word Benghazi or Clinton, that's when, you know, that, that I, I don't know if they're just totally lost or, or what, what can you do, you know, because, um, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Donald Trump's been conning people for years, and he was able to pull off with the one last big con, and uh, he may very well just, like, fully get away with it, where, um, you know, even though he loses in November and he gets out in January, he, you know, maybe he does some this kind of thing they did that other, like, uh, ousted leaders from other countries have done, where they kind of, they kind of hightail it out of there. And just kind of end up in some other country and kind of seek sanctuary there. Could Mr. Trump end up being a person that ends up doing that and taking sanctuary in Russia? It's certainly a possibility. In the, the world that we live in, it's not that far-fetched. You know, he's facing very real criminal charges. Uh, are we ready to send a president to jail? I don't know. I don't know if we have the balls for it. You know, a former president, he would be at the time, you know. But if, you know, if we're going to stick to our guns and say no person is above the law, you know, there's there's people going to jail for possessing cannabis or possessing cocaine, heaven forbid. No, you know, that's but that's the bad one or whatever. But meanwhile, Mr. Trump... Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump. Meanwhile, him, decade after decade, can, you know, cause very real hardship upon people, you know, really like ruin people's lives intentionally, willingly, and pay almost no consequence at all, ever, and in fact, get rewarded for it. <laughs> He got to become president of the United States because he was such a good con man. He was such a good con man. But that's what's so funny. Is that everyone knew he was a con man, but not everyone. You know. I mean, everyone knew he was a con man, but not everyone. You know, because a sucker is born every minute. You know, so. He was like the world's greatest con man, but it was, that's like the shtick. That was like the whole shtick of the Donald Trump thing. Most people knew that he was a con man, but like some people didn't. And that was kind of like the wink and the nod thing. 
on the news and shit, whenever they'd show him, like, Donald Trump wrote a book, <laughs> you know, like, no, he didn't, he didn't write it, this other guy did, Tony Schwartz, Donald Trump is just the subject of the book, Donald Trump's an idiot, and, it would, but you had to kind of read between the lines and stuff, you know, he's just kind of a schmuck, but, you know, He's just kind of able to do that. He's just kind of able to kind of con people and fuck people over decade after decade after decade and then get rewarded and even become president of the United States, never paying any sort of consequence ever. He, he uses the job of president of the United States to enrich himself and his family. Yeah, he uses taxpayer dollars to go golfing at golf, you know, Trump-owned golf resorts. Yeah. That's what he does with taxpayer dollars. He also signed a, you know, tax relief thing of a, of a cruise line company and such. Yeah, that was real important. Like while the corona was, you know, going on. You know, just kind of an abject failure as a person, to, and then use the office to also, you know, extort uh, political favors from a, you know, a foreign leader. So that's the kind of stuff he's done with with the power that he has as president. This famous con man that everyone knew was a con man, but not everyone knew, because the sucker's born every minute. Um, but even those things that he, you know, the criminal behavior before, the fraudulent stuff, the sort of cons, that wasn't enough to prevent him from becoming president. And then the sort of blatantly unethical, immoral, unpresidential stuff that he did while president wasn't enough to remove him from the job. It wasn't enough to fire him. So he just kind of ramped it up. <laughs> just kind of, you know, because he, he's a con man. He, he's, he doesn't have any sort of moral compass. He doesn't really care. So it's another kind of thing with the war on drugs. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a skewed opposite kind of focus. You know, like there's decent working class people around this country that are being sent off to jails for possessing or selling or whatever or growing certain things or heaven forbid, you know, becoming addicted to cocaine or something. And they're being sent off to jail for months, sometimes years. And then you've got the criminal justice system being this sort of kind of indifferent to these sort of, you know, these grifters that just sort of, you know, we haven't figured out a way to how to deal with these sort of con artists that become famous and then become so famous for being famous that people forget that they're famous actually for being a con man, that they're famous for kind of, you know, creating companies that aren't really a, a business, true business venture. It's not really there to try to earn a profit. It's all just a mirage. It's just a skeleton of a company to look legit. But behind it, it's really just to enrich one family, you know. It's just a front. Um, you know, we, have, we have to figure out a better way to allocate um, how we, you know, fund criminal justice. Because... Donald Trump has been a very cancerous presence on our society for decades, long before he was even president. It's the kind of things that he was able to promote on, like, news and stuff. And there wasn't really news, and especially over the last, like, ten years and stuff. Like, just the level of kind of... And then, of course, the level of things that he's been able to get away with just because he had he could afford really good attorneys. It's kind of crazy. We, I mean, we just have to, we need to shift our focus, you know, criminal justice-wise, because, uh, and especially the way that we police things, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, someone is, grew some weed, grew some cannabis, and, you know, harvested it and whatever, and then was, is starting to sell it. And then some cop comes and, arrests them and stuff in the or or sees them and then starts because they're committing a crime quote unquote they're like you know coming all tense and, and escalate the situation 
it's it just has to be a better way because yeah it, 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 this is one of those things it because of the war on drugs and all that it creates a reason why these cops can sort of start messing with people we have need to eliminate that reshift it to people that don't really are cancerous presence screwing everything up I think I'm gonna call it core topic was war on drugs may have delved a little bit but I wanted to stay over there stay in that relatively then I lost my train of thought there in the middle but that'll happen and then of course just can't help but uh, delve into the Trump situation a little because it's this, you know, the proverbial elephant in the room. You know, he's still there and still this sort of presence in our society. At least for now and hopefully just for a few more months and then he'll just kind of disappear into cable obscurity. And, uh, you know, maybe finally pay some kind of... Uh, Price for all the damage he's done to others and to our society as a whole throughout his life, you know. But uh, and and in the inverse, you know, all those people that are in jails for simple possession or selling of cannabis, but in heaven forbid, cocaine, just get released, get out, get on with their lives, and then we just decriminalize all those things immediately. Um, Cocaine should probably be a little more closely monitored because it is more addictive and more quote-unquote dangerous. But uh, it does have effects on the heart and arteries and such too. So much different than cannabis as far as those sort of lethal effects. So, um, yeah. But there's effects of all drugs. And even the ones they advertise on TV, they're not purely 100% safe. They have to list off all those effects on the commercial for a reason. And some of those side effects, you know, some of them include heart palpitations and possible death, suicidal thoughts, all kinds of shit. So, you know, anyhow. Is doing well in quarantine as best I can. Stay in contact. I gotta do better at that. Stay healthy. Make sure you register to vote. Vote no to Trump. Do not vote Trump. It's, I think I might just remind at the end of every episode. Whoever you vote for instead is your business, but just don't vote Trump. That's all you gotta do. Please vote. Definitely vote. If you don't like any of the options, then write in somebody. Just not Trump. Anyone but him. I'm going Biden. God bless. This is Gary. Take it out loud.